Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Effective Altruism Form Weekly Podcast. My name is Colin Snell. This is, of course, the podcast where we summarize the top discussions and articles happening in EA from the last week through the lens of the top articles on the Effective Altruism Forum. Thank you so much, as always, to Zoe Williams for writing these summaries. Thank you to Type 3 Audio for helping on the production uploading side of things. And, of course, thank you to Rethink Priorities for the general support. As well as always, thank you so much to the audience. Uh, you guys have been giving a lot of feedback recently that has really gone to improve the show. And also, it just it means a lot to us to hear from you. So if you're enjoying this, please let us know. If there's ways that you think we can do better, feel free as well to let us know. So without any further ado, we can go ahead and jump into today's episode from the 30th of January to the 5th of February, 2023. Starting off this week with the object level interventions and reviews, our first post is Google invests 300 million USD in artificial intelligence startup Anthropic by Sonera. This is a link post to an article that discusses the fact that Google has recently invested $300 million in return for a 10% stake in Anthropic. It also requires Anthropic to use the funds to buy computing resources from Google. The article also mentions Anthropic's chatbot called Cloud, or Claude, which is currently rivaling ChatGPT, but has not been released publicly. Google is also working with other AI startups such as Cohere, as well as C3. The next article is by Jamie Sevilla. It's called Epoch Impact Report 2022. Epoch is a research group forecasting the development of transformative AI, otherwise known as TAI, found in April 2022. Epoch's full impact report can be found linked in the article. And just some general data is they currently employ nine full-time employees and have received just under $2 million in funding from Open Philanthropy. They are also fiscally sponsored by Rethink Priorities. Their goal is to fundraise $7.07 million to cover the two years September 2023 through September 2025, including expansion of their research capacity. Their key research in 2022 include investigating training compute trends, model size trends, data trends, hardware trends, algorithmic progress, and investment trends. These are accessible on their website and being used by Anthropic, GovAI, MIT Future Tech, 80,000 Hours, and Our World in Data, among others. You can also donate to them directly through some of the links in the article. The next article is by Julian Hazel and it's called Assessing China's Importance as an AI Superpower. This is a summary of a shallow dive by the author, Julian Hazel. This article looks at whether or not China is an AI superpower. Some of the notable takeaways is that it's relatively likely, the author puts it at about 60% estimation, that China is currently overhyped as an AI superpower, and that recent AI research output is not as impressive as the headlines might suggest. There might be some fear mongering or other related factors contributing to this overlevel, overt level of uh, hype. The U.S. is also more likely to create transformative AI, particularly given timelines of 5 to 15 years, which is currently estimated about 70% likelihood from the author. The U.S. is being lagged by China, as well as the U.S.'s allies, which might only mean being a year or two behind. However, China is still worth watching regardless. There's also hardware difficulties and top-tier researchers moving to other countries, 
which are the largest hurdles that China is currently facing. And they're also not exactly extremely solvable issues. Additional factors for skepticism around the claim that China is a AI superpower are some of the following. First, China's research on important AI topics like transformer architecture is less impressive than headlines would indicate. The author also su suspects that China's economic growth will slow, which will make large-scale spending on speculative projects like artificial general intelligence much more difficult. China also has a massive problem with producing compute Restriction from the U.S. on assessing computing power, as well as other proposed international solutions and treaties, uh, are not looking as viable as they once might have been for China's long-term AI future impact. Additionally, when it comes to AI more broadly, first-mover advantage is extremely strong. And lastly, China is facing a massive talent shortage. If it continues to rely on Chinese-born scientists who do in fact return to China at quite a low rate, the other option is relying more on foreign workers. However, China's problem currently is that foreign workers are often looking for somewhere much more liberal and with a higher quality of life than China is currently likely to be able to provide them. The author does also reference the 95% confidence that they have around the fact that they're most likely missing important factors that will hopefully come out in time and they can update their views accordingly. When it comes to the existential risk topics of biological threats and nuclear threats, our first article is by Sofia Lebedeva, and it's called Biosecurity Newsletters You Should Subscribe To. This is just a list of very useful biosecurity newsletters, 16 to be precise, that readers interested in the topic might find really useful. The next one is called Nelson Mandela's Organization, The Elders, Backing X-Risk Prevention and Long-Termism by Krom Kromel 5. This is a link post to an article that talks about how the elders, an organization found by Nelson Mandela in 2007, have given a recent strong endorsement of X-Risk priorities, including a statement reading, For the next five years, our focus will be on the climate crisis, nuclear weapons, pandemics, and the ongoing scourge of conflict. We are approaching, at a, pres we are approaching a precipice. The urgency of the interconnected existential threats we face requires a crisis mindset from our leaders, one that puts our shared humanity center stage, leaves no one behind, and recognizes the rights of future generations. End quote. The next article is called Does the U.S. Public Support Ultraviolet Germicidal Irradiation Technology for Reducing Risks from Pathogens? by Jam Capriun. Ultraviolet Germicidal Irradiation Technology, UVGI, or Germicidal UV Light, GUV, represents a promising technology for reducing catastrophic bio-risk, and would likely confer near-termist benefits as well. Rethink Priorities ran four surveys in November and December of 2022 to understand the U.S. public attitudes towards these technologies. Their results showed low to moderate awareness, with support once technologies were described. Respondents' main concern was the need for additional testing on safety and efficacy. There was slightly greater support for FAR UVC over upper room UVC, contrary to the assumptions going in, since FAR UVC involves direct human exposure to the light itself. There is also no statistically significant difference in support when using the terms mentioning UV versus not mentioning the term UV, which is quite interesting. For animal welfare-related articles, this week we saw an article called Long-Termism and Animals, Resources, and Join the Discord Community by Ren Springlia. 
there are compelling reasons to help non-human animals in the long-term future. And the intersection between long-termism and animal advocacy is starting to receive more attention in effective altruism more broadly. The author shares a list of posts and resources on the topic of animal welfare and long-termism. The author also invites those interested to join the Discord that they have linked. The authors also shared that they have had funding from an FTX regrantor to do systemic research for identifying the best interventions in the space, but that unfortunately fell through. To help any people who want to help pick up where they left off, they also link their original brainstorm. When it comes to global health and development, we have a few articles for the week. The first is by Catherine Fist, called What I Thought About Child Marriage as a Cause Area and How I've Changed My Mind. After 80 hours of research into child marriage as a cause area, the author believed there was a relatively strong case for funding. It seemed widespread. Around 12 million girls per year are married as children. Tractability is also present. There's arguments where cost per marriage averted of a U.S. estimate of about $159 to $732, and it's also a really neglected problem. While attempting to quantify the effect in terms of quality-adjusted life years and disability-adjusted life years, they found a meta-analysis showing that evidence on the effect of child marriage for many metrics, things like contraceptive use, maternal health, nutrition, decision-making power, and mental well-being, is fairly mixed. Note, it is still strongly linked to risk of physical violence and lower attendance in school. This updated the author's views to be less sure of this as a cause area, and they are now focusing more narrow, narrowly on the effects of physical violence and decreased school attendance. In future, they plan to list their assumptions and search for sources that disagree up front, in addition to being more skeptical of positions of large institutions and finding someone to play a supervisor slash challenger role for their self-directed projects. The next article is called Forecasting Our World and Data, The Next 100 Years by Alex Leader. Metaculus recently predicted 30 of our world and data metrics over the next 100 years via a public tournament and a group of pro forecasters. This helped them identify these common approaches in forecasting. First, referencing peers' comments and predictions. Next, they found referencing other Metaculus forecasts, extrapolating from growth rates, and anticipating exogenous, that is, external shocks, as well as acknowledging uncertainties, are all contributing factors to better forecasting. They were also able to see rationales driving predictions for each time period and built a composite perspective into our world 100 years from now. Questions include things such as the cost of sequencing a human genome, FLOPs of the fastest supercomputer, and chickens slaughtered for meat. I won't include results for brevity given 30 metrics being quite a bit to cover, but check out the posts for tables as well as graphs and commentary on the different results they found from both pros and the public tournament on each measure. For the opportunities articles this week, we have CE incubation programs. Applications are now open by Carolina Sarek. The applications are now open for upcoming charity entrepreneurship rounds. The first round is July through August 2023, which will focus on biosecurity and large-scale global health interventions. And the second round is February through March 2024, which will focus on farmed animals and global health and development mass media interventions. They've made several changes to the program, including increased funding, more in-person time in London, extended support for applicants, and more time for applications. They also shared that in the past two years, they've trained 34 people, and 100% of them have gone on to roles with high personal fit and excellent impact potential. 
20 launching new charities, six working at EA orgs, and a variety of other cases, including launching a grant-making foundation and being elected to district parliament. Moving on to the community and media section, we have a whole Karnofsky post called, We're No Longer, quote, Pausing Most New Long-Termist Funding Commitments. In November 2022, Open Philanthropy announced a soft pause on new long-termist funding commitments, while they reevaluated their bar for funding. This is now lifted, and a new bar has been set and expressed. The process for setting the new bar was three-point. First, they ranked past grants by both Open Philanthropy and the now-defunct FTX-associated funders, and they divided these into tiers. Second, they then under the assumptions of 30 to 50% of OP's funding going to long-termist causes, estimated the annual spending needed to exhaust these funds in 20 to 50 years. And lastly, they played around with what grants would have made the cut at different budget levels and using a heavy dose of intuition came to an all things considered new bar. They land on funding everything that was tier four or above and some tier five under certain conditions. Things like low time cost to evaluate, and potentially stopping funding in the future. In practice, this means about 55% of Open Philanthropy's long-termist grants over the past 18 months would have been funded under this new bar. The next article is called Open Book, New EA Grants Database by Rachel Weinberg and Austin. The new openbook.fyi is a new website where you can see around 4,000 EA grants from donors, including OpenPhil, FTX Future Fund, and EA Funds in a single one-shop place. The next article we have is Regulatory Inquiry into Effective Ventures Foundation UK by Howie L. The Charity Commission for England and Wales has announced a statutory inquiry into Effective Ventures Foundation UK, EVF UK, the charity which among with EVF US acts as a host and fiscal sponsor for CEA, 80,000 hours, as well as other EA orgs. EVF UK's interim CEO, Howie Lemple, wrote this post to keep the community up to date. Some of the key points include, the inquiry is focused on EVF's UK's financial situation, governments, and administration. Howie Lempel stresses that it is not an allegation of wrongdoing, and the commission has noted in their statement that there is no indication of wrongdoing by the trustees at this time. They weren't surprised by the inquiry given some of the FTX-linked entities were major donors to EVF in the UK. And this also lists potential conflicts of interest, which, of course, is one of the big reasons why the charity is most likely, the charity commission that is, is most likely investigating. The UK board and exec team are cooperating in full, and the commission confirmed the trustees fulfilled their duties by filling a serious instant report. There will also be limited updates during the inquiry because sharing in the middle of an inquiry is legally very complex, but they'll share whatever they can when they can. The next article is by Owen Cohen Barrett and Rebecca Kagan called Announcing Interim CEOs of Effective Venture Funds, EVF. EVF UK and EVF US are two separate charities and legal entities, while CEA 80,000 Hours and Longview are all projects they together host as well as together fiscally sponsor. Howie Lempel was appointed as EVF's UK interim CEO in November 2022. Zachary Robinson was appointed as EVF US's interim CEO today, which is the 31st of January at the time this article was written. And previously, neither EVF had CEO positions 
with project leads instead reporting directly to the EVF boards. Post-FTX, there has been a major focus on financial and legal issues at the level of EVF as opposed to the project level, and on coordinating the legal, financial, and communication strategies under EVF. This led to the decision to appoint interim CEOs to reduce the load on the board of managing this problem. These are time-limited roles intended to help transition to an improved long-term structure and don't constitute any change in project leadership. Karma overrates some topics, resulting issues, and potential solutions by Lizka and Ben West is the next article. In this article, Lizka and Ben West note that posts that are about the EA community are accessible to everyone or that are on topics where everyone has an opinion tend to get a lot more karma and attention on the EA forum. This can mislead about what the EA community cares about. For example, 10 out of 10 top karma posts in 2022 were community posts, although around one-third of total karma went to that category. This, in turn, can lead to people to start to value community-oriented topics more than themselves and direct even more attention to community-oriented low-bar topics, low-barrier topics, that is. To solve this, the EA forum team are considering a sub-forum or separate tab for community opinion posts that is by default filtered out of the front page, renaming top sorting to clearly indicate the karma dynamics and or having a higher karma bar for sharing community posts in places like the Digest. Fire and EA seeking feedback on Philanthropy Calculator by Rebecca Herbst. The author has made a FIRE, which is a financial independent retire early calculator, which takes into account donation choices. It helps you figure out when you'll have enough money to retire and live on investments indefinitely, given different levels of donation to charity. They hope this will encourage some in the FIRE community to donate, given they are often both A, optimizers, and B, looking for meaning, and pledging ten around 1-10% to 10% can have a surprisingly small effect on early retirement timelines in many scenarios. They welcome feedback on the tool. Questions about OP Grant to Helena by Dizzy Marmot is the next post. In this post, the author asks Open Philanthropy to clarify the reasoning on a half a million dollar grant made to the organization Helena in 2022 to support their work on policy related to health security. The author claims that there's no apparent expertise in the area to justify the grant and that their scope of work was largely unfocused. The next article is by Whistleblower9, and it's called Effective Altruism, Sexual Harassment, and Abuse. This is a link post to a New York Times article which details multiple incidents of harassment and abuse in effective altruism. Julia Wise from CEA's community health team shares that the article contains a mix of cases where action was taken years ago. These include banning the accused from EA spaces, cases where help was offered but the person affected didn't answer, and cases they weren't aware of at all. They ask anyone who'd like to share information about a problem they know of to contact them, which also includes a contact that is able to be approached anonymously. Let's advertise EA Infrastructure Projects February 2023 by Arepo's next article. This is a list of resources in EA, including for co-working, socializing, free or subsidized accommodation, professional services, coaching, and financial slash material support. That is hopefully a mega thread where people can get access to some really useful EA resources. EA NYC's Community Health Infrastructure by Rockwell 
Megan Nelson and Alex R. Kaplan is the next article and final article of the night. EA New York City shares their practices and infrastructure for supporting community health. They are happy to support other groups in creating similar practices. Some of these practices include a paid PT community health coordinator, this is Megan Nelson, funded via CEA's community building grants program. They are a confidential support, supportive resource for the community. They run monthly dinners, give presentations on self-care, organize group accommodations, advice on policies and guidelines for things like co-working spaces, and much more. Weekly community health calls with the community health coordinator, community coordinator, and director is also another area of practice for helping to support the community's health. Additionally, they have done monthly dinners for coordination between community builders. They've also coordinated approaches and policies with other EA groups. They've also worked with women and non-binary EAs of New York, where they've done meetups and other affinity-focused meetups based on demand. These are things including like Spanish language meetups, for example. Lastly, they're also really, really open to exploring more ideas and are currently exploring other ideas. Things like a community health talk and workshop series, structured programming for discussing touchy topics, and a formalized DEI policy. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. As always, meaning motivates, so be sure to lean in in the coming week into whatever EA topics or topics in the world around you help to give you a sense of purpose and help to cultivate that sense of purpose in the work we're trying to do here as a community. So thank you guys very, very much. And once again, thank you to Zoe Williams, Type 3 Audio, and of course, Rethink Priorities. I'll see you guys next week.